The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please be seated. I'm not sure how often Holy Spirit celebrated saints' days in the past, but the feast day of St. Mary Magdalene was too interesting for us to pass up this year. The joy of Easter, to share the wonder of the Proverbs 31 woman with you, is too precious to skip. But first, I'd like to read you just a few sentences from our chief confessional document, the Augsburg Confession. The thing that makes us Lutheran on what they have to say about the commemoration of saints. They write, We teach that the saints are to be remembered so that we may strengthen our faith when we see how they experienced grace and how they were helped by their faith. Moreover, it is taught that each person, according to his or her calling, should take the saints' good works as an example. However, one must never forget that it cannot be demonstrated from Scripture that a person should call upon these saints in prayer or seek help from them in any way. And that's from the 21st article of the Augsburg Confession. Now today, I proclaim to you I exhort you from the life of Mary Magdalene, who was shown grace by Jesus Christ. And I would love to tell you about how her response of faithful service is to be admired and emulated in our own lives. Mary Magdalene is not only an admirable woman of faith, but an excellent example for all Christians to follow in her footsteps much like the mother of Christ, Mary. The gospel writer Luke tells us that Mary Magdalene was one of the women who followed Jesus, but not only followed him, supported him out of their own means, cared for him along the whole way, made it possible for Jesus to do his ministry. All of these women... Luke says, were delivered from evil spirits or some sickness by Jesus. But Jesus specifically cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. Seven demons. Imagine the darkness, the kind of darkness that she lived in. Imagine the darkness that she walked in, feeling lost, stumbling, No one helping her or leading the way. Utterly lost. Probably hopelessly abandoned. Did she have the hope of a future? Of marrying a man that loves her and would like to have children with her? Did she have hope of true love? Did she have hope of pretty much anything when she was lost In darkness, having seven demons. Imagine tearful nights. Yet Jesus showed her mercy. Jesus showed her grace in a powerful way. 
Jesus delivered her out of darkness, cast out the very demons that plagued her life. She could never be the same again. It completely changed her life. No longer did she have to stumble in the darkness with no one to lead her. Because now the light of the world himself was her guide. She went from untouchable, unlovable, to being rescued by the perfect man. Maybe at this point, she didn't have faith in anyone, let alone a man. But now, her whole life had been given over to devotion to the God-man, Jesus Christ. Who takes away the sin of the world, yes, but also the one who makes clean who sets things back into place the way they ought to be and is an infinite giver of love. There are a few things I'd like to clarify about Mary Magdalene before we continue. The first thing is that there's no reason for us to call her a prostitute. This was a mistake of a very lazy pope, Gregory I., who in 591 woke up and preached that morning, confusing Mary Magdalene with Mary of Bethany. So in honor of the Eighth Commandment and to honor her, let's not call Mary Magdalene a prostitute like popular movies and TV shows and books like to do. And even if she was... Let's emphasize the was, because she's no longer when she is a Christian. She's now a baptized daughter of God, like maybe you are. But also, and this is just very quick, she's not the Mary of that is sister to Martha and Lazarus. That's another Mary. Very popular name at the time. And one final thing, and this is super important. Mary Magdalene is not married to Jesus Christ. All right? So Mary is not married to Jesus Christ. With a caveat, no more than you or I as we are members of his betrothed bride, the church. While I was talking with people about how I was going to observe this feast day today, this was the number one thing that came up, especially with my aunts. So no, Aunt Kelly, Jesus did not kiss Mary Magdalene. And they were not secret lovers. Now, this may sound crazy, me saying this, but this is super important. Because what are you probably going to see if you turn on the History Channel when you go home? One more thing. There is a musical, or I guess a rock opera, 
from Andrew Lloyd Webber called Jesus Christ Superstar. And Mary Magdalene gets a power ballad called I Don't Know How to Love Him. Hogwash. Mary Magdalene knew exactly how to love Jesus. The same way we are taught to and precisely the way for which we are celebrating her feast day today to learn her example of faith. Mary Magdalene loved Jesus and still does. And that's what's unique and amazing about Christian faith. Mary Magdalene still loves Jesus, even right now. And as we worship today, we join with angels, archangels, and all the company of heaven. We join with Mary Magdalene in love of Jesus. And the way that she sets an example is through her faithful, sacrificial love toward Jesus Christ. His church. And through her sharing of the gospel message with her loved ones, she was the first one to tell others that Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Ever since she was delivered from sin by Jesus Christ, she contributed her own money to the support of his ministry. And while Christ's disciples hid during his crucifixion for the payment of our sins, Mary Magdalene, Luke says, watched from afar. And then she followed Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, helped to wrap his body, to anoint it with aloes, myrrh, and other oils, and to lay him in the tomb. And may I pause and say that anyone that has served in the altar guild protecting and preparing Christ's body and blood continue in Mary's faithful footsteps in a position of great sacrificial service and love of Jesus Christ and his body, the church. Today in the gospel, we get the traditional Easter, um, Easter sunrise reading. There's quite a few services that are traditionally done on Easter morning. And the Easter sunrise gospel reading is John 20, when Mary discovers an empty tomb. We see Mary today wishing to continue her sacrificial love of Jesus. Remember, we know Jesus was risen. But Mary did not go that Sunday morning because she knew Jesus had risen. She wanted to continue to care for his body and its sacrificial rest. She thought Jesus was dead, like everyone else in the world. But boy, was she surprised, wasn't she? The tomb was open. And may I clarify, not to let Jesus out. The stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away to allow all who came to see that he is risen. Jesus was not there. Mary was the first to discover that Jesus was not dead. He's alive. 
Christ is risen just as he said he would, just like he promised. This man whom I've been serving for three years made good on what seemed like an impossible promise. But she doesn't even know yet. She thinks Jesus has been stolen. Once more, like before Christ delivered her, she weeps. But the angels ask, woman, why are you weeping? She looks up and sees a man who she thinks is the gardener. But she doesn't make a mistake in doing so. Because this man is the gardener, but with a capital G. He is the second Adam. He's the one who picks up the first Adam's discarded tools after he's failed and died to do what God has asked him to do. He picks up Adam's work of caring for his creation and being the head of his wife and his household, but he does so without failure, without sin, and with no trace of tyranny. And like the first Adam, it's not good for the second Adam to be alone. But I need to emphasize this once more. Mary Magdalene would not be his bride. She can't be. She's a sinner like you or I. She's been delivered from her old ways, renewed, forgiven, yes, loved by Christ. But she will go on to be an important foundational part of Christ's bride as she begins her work to build up Christ's church. His church whom he loves eternally, his church that Jesus has died for, has risen for, and continues to love with perfect sacrificial love as her leader, authority, protector, and husband. Today's Old Testament reading, Proverbs 31, are the words of a queen, the queen of Israel, who is teaching her son, the prince, who will be, as she nicknames him endearingly, King Lemuel, or the king dedicated to God, the qualities of a perfect mother and wife. We read today, or we read today, the wife portion. We see a very long list, an excellent wife who can find her. She's far more precious than rubies. The heart of her husband trusts in her. She's crafty. She's strong. She's virtuous. She's loving. She's kind. She does hard work, but with one hand, because with the other one, she's sharing. She's remembering those in her community that are in need. She's serving her household. And she does all these things without complaint. She doesn't gossip. She always speaks the wisdom of God's word instead. She speaks well of her husband at all times. And her husband and her children and her community, they speak well of her. And her crowning glory is that above all else, she fears the Lord. 
She humbly serves and loves her head, Jesus Christ, and defers to Jesus' authority for her family. Even when the snow comes, she covers her household in scarlet with the blood-soaked robes of Jesus Christ's blood, the forgiveness of sins. And this humble, self-sacrificial love learned from Jesus, emulated, vanquishes her fear of the future and her anxieties because she knows that she too is washed in Jesus' sacrificial blood. She too has been delivered from the darkness of her sins and no one can take that away from her. It's important for me, though, to end with this. If you hear this description of this Proverbs 31 woman, and you feel that instead of being something blessed or um, being lovely, you hear it and you say, this is really a crushing weight. This is a mirror that I look into that makes me feel ashamed. If it sounds far too perfect, well, let me remind you, That's exactly how Mary Magdalene felt. She felt unable to be loved. She felt ashamed. But you, you are baptized into Christ. You are his. And when Jesus looks at you, when he looks at his Christian church, He sees this perfect bride. When he sees you, he sees the Proverbs 31 woman in all her perfection. He loves you. He died for you. He rose from the dead for you. And he is continually faithful to the end. Rest in that love but share it with everyone that you meet, just like Mary Magdalene. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.